About three years ago, the Assemblies of God, our organization that we work with, they asked us to start our own church, all right? So now we're even pastoring our own, uh, our own international church here in Indonesia. So, so make no mistake about it, your prayers and your giving make a difference, all right? You guys, Trilogy Church, you guys are shareholders in what God is doing on the other side of the world, all right? So I want you to understand that uh, because here's what the scriptures say. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says this, I planted the seeds in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow, all right? I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. And so we understand when it comes to missions that some plants some water, but God makes it grow. So sometimes we plant, sometimes we water, but it's God who always brings the increase. And that's what we're seeing here in Indonesia, in this Muslim country. So, so, um, so living in Indonesia, let me explain this, is living in Indonesia, everyone I know is Muslim. Okay, now let me explain that to you. Every Everyone I know is Muslim, all right? So my neighbors uh, to the left and the right, the people I work with, so everybody here is Muslim. Everyone we meet is Muslim. What I love about this time of year as we near Chris Christmas is uh, is I, I love to ask my Muslim friends, you know, what have they ever heard the Christmas story before, you know? Or I ask them, why do Christians celebrate Christmas? And and often they're, they're really shy because they don't really know too much about it. And so I was talking to my friend Ghanis, and I said, Ghanis, tell me, Tell me what do you know about the Christmas story? And Ganis was a little was a little shy, but he said, "Well, Jamie, I know you guys you put your socks above a fire or something like that." And I was like, "Okay, all right." And and I got it. We are stocking. Okay, I got it. And then he said, "And then is it?" He goes, "Is it Jesus's cousin Santa Claus that comes that brings the presents, or you know, how does that work?" And I was like, "Oh man, you know." So I mean, that just gives you an idea of of how unreached. Indonesia is with the gospel, all right? Because oh, oftentimes we're the first Christian friend any of them have ever had. And so when we moved here to Indonesia, this is, we moved here in 2009, you know, after, a, after an incredible time of serving in ministry in the States, we moved here in 2009, we, we, we did full immersion in language study. So we did a full year living in a, in a small town in rural uh, Indonesia. So you can imagine, you know, here I am like a city kid, a suburban kid uh, growing up. Um, um, and all of a sudden from Chicago uh, in the States to all of a sudden this small rural town where there are no Americans, there are uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm immersed in the culture and I'm immersed in the language and we're just like thrown into the deep end of the pool and said, hey, uh, you know, good luck, God be with you, because no one else is, all right? And so, uh, so our first year here in Indonesia, man, we focused on adapting to the culture and, and, and learning the language. And then after that, we moved to the city. It's a city called Yogyakarta. Um, we moved here in 2010. It's the education center of the whole country, all right? Now, when we moved here, there was nobody here to greet us, no, no fanfare. So we knew we had to, had to start a ministry from nothing. You know, we had to start something from nothing. Now, I had never done that before. 
right? I'd always been a part of church ministry, you know, growing up in church, you know, I've always been, been a part of developing teams or, or launching with a team or, or starting with, with a group of people or, or being sent out from a church, but to start something from nothing, I, I'd never done that before. I mean, how do I do that, right? And so I thought, well, how, how do you start something from nothing? And so, uh, so we, my wife and I are talking, we thought, well, well let's, start, let's start with prayer, you know, that's, that's a good place to start, right? So usually, uh, let's make that our first resort. You know, usually that's our last resort, but we're like, let's make it our first instead. All right. So we decided let's start with prayer. And so, so instead of just praying in our house, we decide what it, what would it be like if we would prayer walk different parts of the city? You know, and just ask God to, to, to give us this city and help us to know how to start start something from nothing. And so we're prayer walking different parts of the city. And, and my prayer was this, it was God, give us a seed, give us somebody to work with, you know, like, like just to show us around the city to kind of let us know what's happening here. So that was our prayer. God, give us, give us one Christian to work with so that we have something to start with. So that first week we're prayer walking different parts of the city. We don't meet anybody. The second week, we're out there prayer walking uh, different parts. And of course, we're meeting a lot of young people who want to practice their English with us. And, and that was great, but still, we didn't meet the seed. Finally, after three weeks, we meet our first Christians, right? So we're really excited about it, but none of them had a heart to reach their city for Jesus. So we keep praying, and now we're at four weeks. It's been a month. Now we're praying for five weeks. We still haven't met anybody. And finally, after six weeks, I meet Jose. All right. Jose was a pharmaceutical major at one of the Ivy League schools here in Indonesia. And he says, uh, and, um, and, and I meet him and, he, and, and I share my heart with him. He says, oh, he's like, Pastor Jamie, I've been praying that God would send somebody to this city to show me how to be a missionary to my city. I'm like, Jose, where you been, right? You know, I've been praying for six weeks looking for, you know, you know, where have you been hiding out? So finally I meet with Jose and, and I share my heart, my vision with him. He shares his heart with me. And I'm like, man, uh, man, this is great. He's like, Hey, I've got these three other friends that would, would you mentor us? And you, would you show us how to be a missionary? Like you're a missionary. And, and I was like, of course, Jose, like, like, that's what I do. Like, like literally that's what I'm paid to do, all right? So, so of course, let's do this, all right? So I meet with these core four, all right? Now we've got our core four. We're having Bible study and we're mentoring and we're doing discipleship. And we decide, you know what? We need to, we need to figure out how to open this thing up to reach more people. So we decide, let's, let's have an English Bible study at the Dunkin' Donuts across the street from the largest university here in our city. And let's invite the people that we know and invite people who would want to study the scriptures in English to meet us at Dunkin' Donuts on a Friday night. So there was the four of us, the four students, the four young people and me. So we had our five people there. And so our prayer was this, God, give us eight people. All right. Let, please let there be eight people. We, we, my, my dream goal was 10, right? I was like double digits. That would be great. Can they show up to this Dunkin' Donuts, you know, on a Friday night to study the scriptures? And so that first night comes, we're praying, we're inviting, we're following up that first night at Dunkin' Donuts, 28 young people show up, all right, to study the scriptures in English. We were supposed to have one small group. We end up dividing into like uh, four different small groups. We have this incredible Bible study. I, uh, I get up at the end of the night and I say, hey, if you enjoyed tonight, come back next week. We're going to do this thing again. And guess what happened? 
they all came back the next week, all right? Because the next week we had about 30 young people show up at the Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, we were taking up all the seats there. And, I, and as I looked around, I, uh, I noticed that none of the young people were, were ordering any coffee or donuts. I think it's international. College students are broke everywhere in the world, all right? Everywhere, all right? So it's not just an American phenomenon, all right? So of course I have to talk to the manager. I'm like, don't worry, I'll buy something for everybody here. And so we're serving donuts during the Bible study, giving them coffee. And, and man, and this just begins this chain reaction of every week, um, new people are coming, more people are coming. Finally, after uh, after about eight weeks, you know, we had like every seat taken in the Dunkin' Donuts, people couldn't even get in. We were starting to lose people because there weren't any seats, any, uh, 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 opportunity to really share in these small groups. So finally we decided, you know what, we need to move out of this Dunkin' Donuts. And so uh, we moved into the basement of a Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> right? So, uh, so you know what, uh, so we, uh, our, I, I was dreaming like our next big step was like Pizza Hut. You know, we're going to kind of work our way up the, the, the food chain there. All right. So, but uh, we, we met in the basement of that, that KFC for two years. And for two years, we just kept growing and reaching more people, seeing more and more young people uh, uh, study the scriptures, come to Christ. And, and then finally in 2014 is when we opened up our first English learning center where, where we felt like we were able to have a physical presence in, uh, in, in the city, that we felt like we needed a place to gather instead of just renting a place. We needed a place to gather. So we, uh, so we rented out a building. That's when we started going for our business license, our non-for-profit business license here in Indonesia to open up a, an official teaching English center. And so in 20, and we outgrew that in 2016, we'd outgrown that building. And in 2016, we were able to move into our current building. And uh, I'll show you some pictures at some point, or if you wanna hop on our website, you can see some of that. But uh, we're, we've been in our current building for four years now and man, God is just blessing it. And we just keep um, keep seeing more and more people come to faith. Even during this these last eight months during the, 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 the pandemic, man, we just, uh, we're continuing to see young people come to faith every single week. And so if you ever wonder, you know, what, what, what do missionaries do? You know, what, what, what do they do over there? Now you know, that's one thing we do. We plant, Sometimes we water, but it's God who always, always brings the increase. So I want you to know and encourage, be encouraged today that, man, God is at work even amongst uh, Muslims in other countries. So as missionaries, not only do we plant new ministries, but really our heart is to take the gospel to where it's never been preached before. Right. I mean, I mean, that that's what we love about missions is like we love to take the gospel to where it's never been preached before. And so this is something that's really kind of changed my life over the last few years is I've learned more and more about what's called UPGs or like unreached people groups. This idea that that how do we plant churches where, where, where the gospel has never been preached before? And this is this has moved me like nothing nothing else. And so I, I like to think of it this way: What's the difference between the lost and the unreached? Right, the lost and the unreached, because the lost are all around us. Right, I mean, we all have friends and family members who don't know Jesus. I mean, Jesus died on the cross for them and he's empowered you and I with his, with his Holy Spirit so that we can be a witness to them and, and, and share the love of God with, with the lost all around us. But when I talk about 
the unreached, what I mean is this, and that there is no opportunity for them to hear about Jesus. There is no church. There are no Christians. They'll go their whole life without hearing about Jesus. It's almost hard for us to imagine, like in this day and age of technology and resources, that there are still huge parts of our, uh, of our world that still have never heard of Jesus, all right? And so, so uh, um, when people ask me, you know, why, why, are they, uh, uh, why are they still unreached? I like to say, well, it's because they're hard to reach, right? You know, like, like if they were easy to reach, somebody would have reached them already. <laughs> and, so, uh, uh, um, and so this has been something that has moved our hearts like nothing else and why we're in Indonesia. And when, pe my, when people ask us, you know, why, why'd you choose Indonesia? I like to joke around and say, well, because, uh, because all the easy places were taken, you know? So, so the only places left to send missionaries now are the tough places, the unreached places of our world. My parents love to joke around with me and they love to say, well, Jamie, don't they need Jesus in like, like the Bahamas or like Jamaica? You know, it, we would come visit you all the time, right? You know, that would be great, right? I'd love that too, right? I'd love that. But it seems like all the easy places are taken. And so now we're left with the tough places, the places where there is no church, where there are no Christians, where we're pioneering and planting new work. And so one of these ethnic groups, one of these unreached people groups here in Indonesia is an is a ethnic group called the Banjar people. I'm sorry, I'm not the Banjar, the Boogies, the Boogies people, like the boogeyman, all right? The Boogies. Now, this is an ethnic group of three million people, all right? So we're not talking about this little village out in the, on a remote island. We're talking about a huge group of people in South Borneo, where there is zero percent. Than Christians. I don't understand how in 2,000 years the church of Jesus has not been able to be successfully planted amongst the boogies, but for some reason they are just they, they just resist the gospel, or maybe there hasn't been enough sacrifice to see the church established amongst the boogies. So my wife and I have taken trips up to that part of the country and we prayed, we brought church planters up there and said, hey, would you come and plant a church amongst the boogies? And, and we're praying for the boogies people. And, and one day at our English center in our, our, in our city, a young person showed up by the name of Philo, all right? So Philo's a university student. He's a graphics design major. They say, hey, Philo, uh, you know, where, where are you from? And he says, well, I'm from Borneo. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Well, well, what's your, what's your ethnic group? And he says, well, I'm Boogies. And I'm like, what? I've been praying for you. No, I didn't say that. He'd have been like, you're weird. All right. So, no, but, uh, but I was like, in my heart, I was like, man, I've been praying for the Boogies for, for a few years now. And all of a sudden, one of their young people is studying in our city and has come to our English center. So I befriend, uh, Philo is quite popular, quite charismatic. So I invite him to come to one of our Bible studies and he agrees to come to our Bible study, all right? And so he comes to our Bible study and after the first Bible study, I say, hey, Philo, um, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? And Philo, of course, laughs and he's like, he's like, Jamie, you know I'm Muslim. I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Well, we'll see you next week at Bible study. He's like, absolutely, okay. The next week he comes to Bible study and at the end of Bible study, I'm like, hey, Philo, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? And 
course he laughs again. He's like, Jamie, you know I'm Muslim. I can't do that. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll see you next week. Well, the next week he comes back to Bible study and the same thing happens. I ask him the same question, you know, Philo, are you, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? And he laughs again, you know, Jamie, you know, I, I, you know I'm Muslim. I can't do that. Well, this goes on, as you can imagine, week after week, after month, after month, after year, after year. So finally, after two years, he's been in Bible study, faithfully coming every week, always bringing great questions, never confrontational, but always curious. So one week, you know, I'm, I, I'm just doing my same thing. You know, I'm like at the end of Bible, Philo, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? You know, so I'm just kind of going through the motions because, you know, I know what his answer is going to be. And finally, after about two years, I just say, Philo, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? And he says to me this, he goes, Jamie, not yet. What? You know, his answer changed. You know, this has, this has been two years and all I've gotten was laughter. And now he says, not yet. So I still remember I texted all the Christians. I'm like, guys, can you believe Philo said not yet? We need to pray. We need to pray. And a few days later, I get a text message from Philo. I'm awoken at four in the morning with a text message that says this. It says, Jamie, I feel like I'm such a sinner. And I feel like, like, uh, like I'm so far from God. I know that you know God. Would you help me to know God like you know God? I'm like, oh, Mike, it's four in the morning. I'll text him later. No way, you know, no, I, no, I'm up, right? I'm up, I'm texting him right now. I'm like, bro, when can we meet? Let's get together as soon as we can. So, so that day he comes to our house and I sit down with him and I walk him through the Romans road. You know, that's like an old school way of bringing someone to faith in Christ. And, and, and I walk him through that and I get to the, the Bible verse that says in Bahasa, it says, It says this in English, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I say, Philo, that word anyone, does that mean only Americans can be saved or can an Indonesian be saved? Well, of course he nods his head. He's like, well, yeah, anyone means anyone. Of course an Indonesian can be saved. I'm like, okay, okay. That word anyone, does that mean only, only a Christian can be saved or can a Muslim call upon the name of the Lord and be saved? And when I said that, and something just broke in the room, something changed in the room, and, and he, he starts to tear up, right? And he says, yeah, I guess, I guess a Muslim can be saved. And I said, Philo, are you ready to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved? And man, I remember him putting his head down and, you know, I could, you know, his, 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 and, and almost like in slow motion, like a single tear falls from his eye, like splash, you know, and he looks up to me, his eyes all red and tears coming down his face. And at this point, you know, my eyes are all watery. And he says, yeah, Jamie, I'm ready to call upon the Lord. I'm ready for Jesus to save me. And in that moment, man, we prayed together. 
We cried together, we hugged, and I thought, wow, in that moment, a, a child of darkness had, be, had been brought into the child, had become a child of light, you know, a child of righteousness. In that moment, a, a son of Ishmael had become a child of God. You know, in that moment, uh, uh, that young person had become, had been saved by the same grace of Jesus that saved me. And I thought, wow, this is in incredible. Uh, and we just hugged and we rejoiced in that moment. So if you've ever wondered, you know, does your missions giving really make a difference? You know, the amount of money and resources and prayer that Trilogy Church is giving to missions. If you've ever wondered, is it making an impact? What kind of difference is it making? My simple answer would be, uh, yeah, just ask Philo. And he'd be the first in line to say, thank you, Trilogy Church. Thanks, Pastor Jeff, for believing in missions. Thank you for sending someone to the hard places of the world to tell me about Jesus. Now, here's the rest of the story. About a month later, um, Philo says, hey, you know, he's at, he comes early for Bible study and we're talking and he says, hey, I was... I was reading my Bible, my, my Bible, like you told me to, and and it says that after someone believes in Jesus, they they should be baptized in water. Can can I be baptized in water? And I'm like, you know, I should have thought of that. You know, I'm a pastor for goodness sakes, right? You know, so I'm like, Philo, do you want to be baptized in water? He's like, yeah, absolutely. And and, and so uh, so I'm like, all right. So we get all our Christians together. And we have to kind of do it in secret. We do it. We don't have a, a water tank or a water baptism. So we have this giant water tank and we cut the top off of it. And we, you can't go backwards. You have to go straight down just because it's tall. And uh, so so we we we're like uh, so we we gather all these these uh, our Christians together. And I remember one of the most emotional nights of my life as Philo got into the waters of baptism. And I remember my wife standing off to the right and her saying, Philo, we've been waiting over two years for this moment. Welcome to the family of God. And as he came up out of the waters of baptism, man, I, I remember he was just weeping in tears. And I remember having to hold him up because he was just overcome with the presence of God. And I thought, what if he's the one to bring the gospel to the Boogies people? What if he's the, the seed that's going to start a movement amongst, amongst the three million Boogies who don't know Jesus? What if he's going to bring the gospel back to his family and to his village? And from there, we're going to start to see the boogies come to know Jesus. And I thought, wow, this is what the kingdom of God is all about. Now, if you ever wonder what we do here in Indonesia, that's what we do. Sometimes we plant the seeds, sometimes we water them, and they take two years, but it's God who always always brings the increase. Now I want to encourage you guys. You know, we're talking about missions being here in Indonesia. But I got to believe there's a mission field there with you guys. And I got to believe there's some philos in your life, right? <laughs> that you've got some people you've been praying for. You probably got some family members that you've been saying, God, 
You know, when are you going to bring salvation? Just like Philo week after week would laugh. You're saying, Jamie, I can't do that. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a Muslim. I can't believe, man. You, we all got friends and family members who don't know Jesus. And I thought, what if, what if we prayed this morning that this Christmas, this Thanksgiving into Christmas, this would be the season where the Lord brings salvation to them. So, so maybe you can think of somebody today that you've been praying for, that you've been, that you've been witnessing to, and it's been, you're, you're, you, you almost want to give up because it's been so long. What if this is the season where God brings salvation to your family or to that friend or that work, that person you're working with? Can I pray with you before I hand it back to Pastor Jeff and maybe he'll want to share some things with you, but I want to pray for you that the same anointing that's on me to bring guys like Philo to faith, that same anointing that I have, that I want to see that same anointing on you this Christmas, that before Christmas or maybe at Christmas, your Philo, your friend will come to know Jesus. Would you pray with me? Even though we're on Zoom, I sense the presence of God where we're at. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you that, 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 that you are the one who brings the increase. And God, sometimes we feel like we're planting and there's nothing happening. Sometimes we feel like we're watering the seeds of faith, but we're not seeing any growth. But God, you're the one who brings the growth, not us. God, help us to be faithful, to continue to plant the seeds of faith, continue to water the seasons of faith, the seeds of faith. And at just the right time, you are going to bring the growth. So God, I pray especially for everyone here at Trilogy Church that we would see this community, we would see this church double this Christmas because every one of us are walking in the anointing of God. And this Christmas, the people we've been praying for will come to, know, will come to faith in Christ. So I bless the people today with salvations in their friendships and in their families. This is a Christmas like no other. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Amen. Pastor Jeff, thank you for this opportunity to thank share. Thank you, Jamie. And I did want to just touch on something you said, you know, that we have a mission field here. And you know, as you told your story at the beginning of your friend who asked you about Christmas and you guys were dialoguing about that, I thought, how many people here in the United States think Christmas is nothing more than a stocking hung over the fireplace? You know, there's, there's plenty of people who are in that same uh, paradigm and uh, just kind of like they have that surface level understanding and, and we have that opportunity. Um, you know, the second thing I wanted to ask you, just as a point of clarification, because I think sometimes we, we, we make assumptions or we don't know it, and to help us in praying for you and your family as you do ministry there, um, you mentioned that, you know, you had to do the baptism in secret, and yet you're doing a Bible study in Dunkin' Donuts. So talk to me about the, the level of persecution there. What is the freedom and the openness versus kind of the constraints that you operate under versus a, a Muslim from Indonesia would operate under? Is yeah. there a difference? And what does that look like? 
Okay, so the, 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 the brand of Islam, if I can put it that way, that's practiced here is, is not a Middle Eastern Islam. It's much more what they would call Asian. So we, so most of the stuff we'd see on like cable news or on television would be more of a, from an Arab perspective. Mm -hmm. So we work with Asian Muslims and here in Indonesia, especially they're very tolerant of Christians, all right? They really affirm this idea of tolerance until it comes to conversion, all right? So we can be Christians as long as you're not, um, as long as there's no conversion or proselytizing. It's actually illegal to proselytize, all right? So that's why we use that expression, I don't know if you picked it up on, uh, from what I was saying, that we have to use the word becoming a follower of Jesus, believing in Jesus. I would never have a Muslim become a Christian because that's illegal. All right. But let's see if we can get them. Our hope is that they would believe in G that they would become followers of Jesus. And so we're able to have Bible study and even church here where it gets tricky is when a Muslim wants to come to faith. And that's where we have to be a little more careful and kind of lower our voice a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, that helps because I, I, obviously I want us to be able to pray specifically for you and your ministry and what that looks like and just knowing kind of the the parameters within which you operate uh, yeah. in this uh, foreign field uh, is really helpful. Um, Church, I, I want us to, uh, to first of all, thank Jamie. If you want to throw something in the chat, just thanking him for being us and, and express your appreciation and, and the challenge that it was for you, please uh, feel free to do that. Um, I would also like to give you an opportunity uh, to partner with them financially. We support them monthly uh, as a church out of our general missions giving. Uh, but if you want to give something special uh, to Jamie and his family today, uh, I want to encourage you to do that. And so anything between now and next Sunday uh, that comes in under our missions category and our giving, we will give directly to Jamie and his ministry. Uh, so if, if you're wondering how to do that, first of all, I'm posting a specific link uh, in the chat that you can use. But if you just go to give.trilogy.church the way you would normally give, and then choose missions as the drop-down category, anything that comes into missions throughout this week will go directly uh, to Jamie and I will pass that on to them. So if you wanna participate in their ministry financially, I want to give you that opportunity to do that directly this week. 